So why did the music teacher have a really hard day? Because their students were all keyed up. Welcome. Hey, y'all. This is Wesley Glosson, host of Teach the Teacher podcast. Let's have some fun. So today our episode is about black history, how to teach it, how to make it engaging, the importance of it. But before we get into all that, I want to tell you about the launching of our website, teachthisteacher.com. We've been around since the summer of 2020, but our launch was not as successful as we imagined, to say the least. We have hired new experts and a new team to really take over this launch and to get our name out there. And we're really, really, really excited about the things that we have planned for January 4th. That's our new launch date. Today, I'm just going to jump right into it because I'm super excited um, to be doing the podcast I'm going to be doing today. And it's all about how to teach Black history and how to teach it better. I am doing this episode because I have become a little more proficient and knowledgeable about teaching Black history um, over the last year as I have taught a number of Black history classes Um, online and uh, it's just a fascinating subject and I'm always surprised to find out what I didn't know I didn't know. So I always try to bring in some scholarly evidence um, and articles into my podcast and um, today I'm going to have a horrible time pronouncing the author's last name but the title of the article is Teaching Black History After Obama and the author is Karen Satropoulos, I do believe. Um, And this is just a wonderful essay that teaches me more about what I didn't know that I didn't know. Um, And I'm going to intertwine my own personal experience and journey in teaching um, Black history. I think it's important, whether we are a history teacher or not, to teach Black history Because we want to get away from the notion that black history is uh, separate and apart from American history. And what Karen does, I'll call her Karen by her first name. Uh, Please pardon me, Karen, if you hear this podcast. Um, But what she does is she uh, just really emphasizes the point that, you know, you could look at all of American history through the eyes of uh, black Americans uh, because truly we were there from just about uh, the beginning. Um, And so a lot of the uh, events in American history were greatly, greatly impacted by the institution of slavery or as it is referred to as America's original sin. So anyways, um, I just wrote a blog post on my website, teachthisteacher.com about uh, how to teach black history better and how to teach it outside of the month of February (laughs) Um, because that is not a practice that we want to keep. So the overarching idea of my blog post and what I am realizing is that we have to educate ourselves about black history a lot more before we teach it. Because what I found myself doing, as many of you probably have found yourself doing, is teaching black history according to two things, what we already know 
and what's in the textbook. And we don't go much further than that. Well, there's some studies, and I forget where I read this, but, oh, oh, I do remember where I read this. Um, as a part of the Georgia Department of Education, they actually have their, um, it's called TEKS, or Teacher uh, Keys. Um, and basically what it is, is Teacher Keys Effectiveness System is how teachers are um, uh, graded or um, observed um, by their principal. But one thing that they note on their rubric and their professional knowledge that teachers are supposed to have, and they will rate you a one, two, three, or four on your professional knowledge. But one thing that they note is teachers who lack subject matter knowledge usually have significant impact on their planning and teaching. For instance, they are more likely to adopt closed and constrained pedagogy. All right. So basically, they, the things that they teach is absolute and it is uh, definite. And they present it as if uh, you, you really can't go any further than what they have told you because that's all they know. That's all the teacher knows. They keep a tighter rein on what is taught. They avoid asking open-ended questions and conducting discussion sessions. And they are more authoritative in what they plan and do in the classroom. And I know this to be true myself because whenever I was forced to teach science, I am not by any means well-versed in science. So you know what I did to stay safe? I stuck with what the textbook said. And I made sure that I would not run into a question that I could not answer. Now, I'm a little less rigid than some teachers because I will encourage students to go and research the answer themselves. And sometimes I would just say, I don't know. Let's pull up Google and try to find an answer right now. And so I was and am a little bit more free with letting students know when I just don't know something. Um, but my point is that it is true that when we don't know a lot about a subject, we do not obviously teach it um, to the best of our ability. So we have got to educate ourselves far beyond what we know about Black history and what the textbook tells us, especially as we know there are so many problems with textbooks um, and their biases and whether they come from uh, certain states that shape our curriculum. So we want to go beyond tropes. There's so many tropes in black history. Martin Luther King Jr. versus Malcolm X. Um, uh, Booker T. Washington versus W.E. Du Bois. That's just a trope. Do we have our students understand that King, Malcolm, Du Bois, Washington, they all had the same goal and motivation, which was black liberation, but they had different methods. And one of the reasons they had different methods is because they had different experiences, right? So King grew up in, I guess, what you would describe as a middle-class black family in Atlanta with both his parents in the house. Sure, he 
discovered racism at an early age as every black person in the 60s and 70s did or the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s and 70s. Um, But Malcolm X, do we tell students, do we know this ourselves, was also the son of a minister, but his father was killed by white supremacists successfully after a couple of unsuccessful attempts. His family had to literally run and move to across several state lines to get away from white supremacists. And his mother went insane from the terrorism on her family and the murder of her husband. And so then social workers were brought into his house. They were taken away and put in foster care. And this all shaped his perception of white America and white Americans as he even recounts the disdain in which the white social workers viewed he and his family. So would that make you a little bit more radical, (laughs) quote unquote? It would me, right? Or even with W.E. Du Bois, who grew up in the North, outside of slavery, versus Booker T. Washington, who if you read his narrative, is just absolutely jaw-dropping what he went through as he was born in slavery and had to fight his way into prosperity. So, or and I won't even say prosperity, but just into uh, success. So, of course, they're going to come from different places. And the point of the matter is that they all had the same goals. We have to fight against those tropes, right? So I have a question that I want to ask right here. Why do we teach the story of pilgrims landing at Plymouth Rock, Roanoke, Virginia, Boston, Massachusetts, those early settlers? Why do we teach it as more significant and more important than, say, slaves at Elmina Island? Why do we make it more important than the um, landing of the white lion who brought the first slaves to the New World? Both of these are stories of how the country got started, right? So just that question that I derived from teaching black history after Obama, um, this article that I'm going to refer quite a bit. So one of the things that this um, scholar, and I'm going to try to pronounce her name one more time, Karen Sotropolis, one of the things that she (coughs) noted was that although... There is a wonderful resource called Africans in America, which is a four-part series on PBS, a total free resource. Most college students coming to her from high school have not seen one part of it. And why is that? When surely they've taken American history. Why is it that we don't incorporate uh, a larger portion of our curriculum 
to um, Africans in America, right? So I'm, I'm going to give another resource that she referred to. Um, Africans in America was uh, a PBS work that was released in 1998 and Eyes on the Prize in 1987. And a quick YouTube resulted in um, a free resource that could be shown in, in American history classes. And she suggests that maybe high stakes testing <laughs> is the um, <clears throat> the, uh, the the suspect, uh, the culprit, once again. Um, but I I would challenge that if we go back before No Child Left Behind by George W. Bush, would the number of students that were exposed to these um, resources be any greater and something tells me probably not so I use the um, storyline of struggling for um, progress or struggling for um, victory and advancement when I teach black history, that is my constant theme is that black Americans have had to struggle for what white Americans have had since the end of the Revolutionary War. And I'm really encouraged because that's what um, Karen does as well in her history classes. So I have a few quotes out of her work that I want to share with you. Not her quotes, but quotes that she used from other people that I just think is genius. But I'm not genius enough to be able to incorporate them uh, into this um, podcast seamlessly. So I am just going to quote some of them. And the first one I'm going to quote is from Michelle Obama. And this is from a speech she gave at the Democratic National Convention in um, 2016. She said, the story of generations of people who felt the lash of bondage, the shame of servitude, the sting of segregation, but who kept on striving and hoping and doing what needed to be done so that today I wake up every morning in a house that was built by slaves. And I watch my daughters, two beautiful, intelligent black young women playing with their dogs on the White House lawn. And so as I teach black history or history I want to tell it through the eyes of not just this is an oppressed people that have always been oppressed and are still oppressed but that there has been some wonderfully great achievements by black Americans and I think that that part of the story is important but we also need to intertwine that in with they achieved these significant um goals over the oppression that they had to endure. They they achieved them despite of the rigged and unfair and systemic racism that our country has had. So, um, Fannie Lou Hamer once said that she wished to God that she was white because of the struggles that she had and the white people 
compare it to the life of white people that she saw. And I found this quote to be interesting from the article that one student told the teacher this, told the um, scholar this, never in my life have I seen being black as a bad thing, but how I wished he, referring to um, Solomon um, in 12 Years a Slave, I wish that he were born white just to avoid the pain he suffered through. And I, and I thought that was very um, interesting. That, yes, watching Hollywood productions like 12 Years a Slave, it has an effect. It does something to students' psyche. They understand it a little bit more than uh hearing us stand up in front of the class like uh, the teacher on Charlie Brown talk about how much of an evil it was. So it does have an effect. But what this author said is that slavery still remains abstract. An institution of the past in the South that involved them, not us rather than a story of human greed and dogged resistance to captivity that constructed race in the new world. So we have to work as teachers to make this less of an abstract idea, that it's not them versus us, the way we do things, but we came out of them. Our system came out of them, right? And so one thing that I teach in, in my class is the connection between where Black America is today and the past. So I'll give you an example. But this goes back to you have to do your research to know this because you're not going to find this in your average Texas instrument textbook, right? When Black Americans came back from World War II, having fought and risked their lives as white Americans had. They were entitled to the GI Bill just like the white soldiers were. And so just looking at it, we should say, wow, what an opportunity. This, this provided blacks to advance themselves, to get degrees, technical degrees, college degrees, a good education. However, we have to realize that a lot of black Americans were from where? The southern states, right? And we had hardcore segregationist in the southern states. So do you just think that a white southern governor in Louisiana or a legislator in Atlanta is going to say, okay, blacks, Here's access to the GI Bill. Come on into our technical schools. Come on into our colleges. They made a system that was impossible or difficult, if not impossible, for blacks to get this um, leg up, this opportunity that would advance the whole race. And so many of them remain in poverty And so their children remain in poverty, and we know that poverty is, you pass it on. 
most of the time. So that is a really important story to tell our students that yes, blacks are normally or the average is economically at a disadvantage, but it's because of the system that was created intentionally. They knew that a lot of these black soldiers coming back didn't have uh, birth certificates because a lot of the um, black citizenry at the time were born not in a hospital and they just didn't have the uh, social security numbers or cards or birth certificates. So they said, hey, let's make that a requirement to get the GI Bill. (laughs) I mean, it would be funny if it wasn't so deviant, right? And you take that with what is still going on and to deny that it's still going on would be foolhardy. So the next thing I want to talk about is um, we, I'm just going to read straight from the research. It says, students are forced to look at all of the nation's history. In this particular person's class, students are forced to look at all of the nation's history through the eyes of the enslaved and their descendants. A perspective welcomed by virtually all the black students and as well as a large majority of the white students. So this educator makes the very um, conscious effort to say, let's look at this through the eyes of the enslaved. Do we do that when we teach American history? Even with the American Revolutionary War, do most of our students know that the first person killed in the American Revolutionary War in the Boston Massacre was a black former slave? But more importantly, um, I think the article that I'm referring to does a really good job in even tracing the Revolutionary War not to a disagreement over taxation without representation or tea prices going up or paper going up because of British taxes but I have never read in a Texas instrument or any other textbook nor have I ever taught that our founding fathers could have been motivated by slavery just as much as taxation. Because, of course, Britain had basically outlawed slavery four years before the American Revolution. So our very astute founding fathers knew that if they were still under British rule, and slavery was being abolished in Britain, then it could very well be um, outlawed in the colonies as well. What an important part of American history to understand and to know, right? Uh, And that is not to even go into um, George Washington and the hundreds of slaves he owned um, and even as no, is noted in this article, again, the title of it is Teaching Black History After Obama, that George Washington 
moved to Pennsylvania, a law, a state that had laws abolishing slavery, and he worked around their system. Their law said anybody in Pennsylvania for six months was free. So he would send his slaves back down south for a period of time to use that loophole. Oh, sorry, they've only been here five months and 29 days. <laughs> so, again, systemic, the system, right? So what are we trying to achieve when we teach black history? Could we teach American history through a, not a complete and finished story about a just and free society, but one that is still working towards justice and freedom. I'm going to give us another quote. This quote is um, from trying to find the name here. Um, Well, I'll just read it. It says, we still have to create a just country, a compassionate country, a forgiving country, a multiracial and multireligious country, a joyful country that cares about its children and about its elders, that cares about itself and about the world, that creates about what the earth, excuse me, that cares about what the earth needs as well as what the individual needs. Edelman 2014. And I think that's the whole point is that we need to teach this part of American history so that we can help create a better country and a better world, right? I I wonder how outraged high school students and middle school students were when our country basically put into effect a Muslim ban, right? Is that the makings of a multi-religious country? How outraged or how um, knowledgeable even were our students or are our students currently with the uh, rise in Asian hate in the, in the violence against Asian Americans that we see. And is this allowed by America, both the Muslim ban, the crisis with the uh, kids in cages at the border, the attacking of 70 and 80 year old Asians, at the stoplights in San Francisco or the the massacre in um, Atlanta or the Charleston massacre just a few years ago. Do our students understand that this is a uh, this isn't an aberration. These this is America. And this is what we are trying to defeat. But if they don't know history, if they don't know black history, it's not going to hit a heartstring. 
it's not going to it's it's going to remain abstract the last quote i'll give by my favorite poet langston hughes who wrote and who is quoted in this article oh let america be america again the land that never has been yet and yet must be the land where every man is free america never was america to me and yet i swear this oath america will be so i'm going to actually end right there and i i I think we need to do a second series on this this is immensely important and as we struggle to make america what america will be we as educators have to take up this mantle and incorporate this into our curriculum whether we teach first grade or 12th grade whether we teach math or social studies or science we can more roundly educate our students to not just the whitewashed and the incomplete history that we so often succumb to, but a much more powerful and a much more accurate portrayal of American history. Thanks, everybody. And I really do hope you head on over to teachthisteacher.com because, as we say, even teachers need teaching. Thanks again. Check us out on our website. We're really excited about the classes that we are going to offer. And we're really excited to even have you join our team as a teacher. Listen, it's open to anyone. Join the team. Tell us what you got. We will set you up to teach your first professional development classes. And you'll get your check two weeks after that. It's really easy. Why not do it? In addition to that, like subscribe and comment on this episode and most importantly tell your friends 